adding an intro to this episode after the fact. We got so carried away during this conversation that we forgot to throw some hype toward the person that made this episode possible. So Zach Schwartz, through our Pick the Flick Patreon tier, emailed us some films he wanted us to cover, gave us some extra scratch, and that's why this episode exists. So thank you, Zach. Huzzah to Zach. Huzzahs all around. Okay, that's it. Ex machina. Ex machina. Ex machina. Ex machina. I, see, at first I just did Google I'm Feeling Lucky and I saw a really good little indie called Sex Machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you heard three voices, kind of, so we may as well introduce ourselves. Mine is... Mine, my voice, I guess, would be how you'd parse the grammar. Mine voice is Michael Swaim's voice. Uh, and this <laughs> my is my voice. My voice is Michael Swaim. It and, is Michael uh, Swaim. Uh, a lot of people think it, it's Frankenstein. It's actually Frankenstein's voice. Um, what God the damn. fuck is going on? It's Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. Who else is here? I'm Abe Epperson, and I'm the other co-host. It's Frame Rate. We rate frames. I'm Tom Ryman. I'm just this son of a bitch that is here. Welcome, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. It's a gamefully unsmall beans crossover episode. We're gonna do that I'm, now every time you yes, are yeah. on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, ex machina. Ex machina. Ex machina. Okay, so yeah, let's all first quick go around. My favorite way to say it is ex machina. <laughs> That's pretty. What good. do you like? I mine's kind of a riff on yours. Ex machina. Okay, That's but I the, turn the yeah the k into a g and you don't, which yeah, I, yeah it's a little more stoic. Tom, you got a favorite. I just say it the way that it's meant to be pronounced. Ex That's bullshit. Christ. If you'll hit your flex. back 15 seconds button, you'll clearly hear Tom say ex machina, which I also yeah, like. Yeah, well, because I was leaning into the bit, but like when I'm seriously talking about the film, I just say it like a normal human adult, like ex machina. Mm. Speaking of leaning into the bit, I want to drill my brains out right now. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just came to mind and I had to go with it. But um, let me get actually the uh, factoids out of the way because this movie is more interesting to talk about than I remembered. I'm kind of pretty excited. It's Alex Garland, who you know if you know him from Annihilation and Devs. And, and it's Dread. Oh, and Dread. Of course. He wrote Dread. And uh, (laughs) officially didn't direct it. Both of our Mm -hmm. podcast networks have covered his work extensively because he sort of got the shine on him as far as cerebral sci fi cinema goes. And uh, I guess that's all we need to know. If you recall Ex Machina, it's the one with Oscar Isaacs and Admiral Hux and the robot Ava. Tom, cast, please. You're so good at that. Alicia, Alicia Vikander is Alicia. the robot. Uh, uh-huh. Donald Gleason is Donald Gleason, Caleb, mm-hmm. and uh, Oscar Isaac Isaac mm-hmm. is uh, Nathan. Isaac. Okay, that's it's, I got it's it. Very small cast. Yeah, they, it's like it's an intimate just, bottle episode yeah. sci-fi. What is the nature of consciousness? Thriller. Oh, and um, I don't know her name yet, but the lady who plays Lily Chan is yeah. his uh, maid robot. Right. Oh, Kyoko. Kyoko. Yeah, Kyoko is uh, the main character from Devs. I gotta say, uh, let's start there because I like to just improv brain it and grab onto whatever comes up. First things sure. first. Am I right in thinking the only major plot hole that actually irks irked me anyway was that Domino Gleason didn't immediately assume that Kyoko was a robot? That that was treated as a reveal? 
Now, that, okay. I think I think the major plot hole for me is the fact that Kyoko ends up murdering Nathan. Yeah, that's the one for and me as it, well. And it's, it's a frequent one in Alex Garland's work. It also happens in Devs in a really frustrating way for me. Um, and to, you mean like a robot that's been established to not have an advanced AI suddenly acting as if it does? Correct. And in, okay. and in Devs, the same thing happens where this character that has not shown a particular type of agency for the entire episode suddenly decides to murder his boss and the main character. I think all of the parts are in place. Let's talk about that. But it's the here's the problem with Garland on this is that Garland likes to be very like he doesn't want to treat his reveals like reveals. He likes to just treat them as if we're in on the joke, which is refreshing in some instances, but not in a lot of other instances like this one. And what I mean by that is that he's done work. There is, there are shots of something happening. Right. Because Ava whispers something into her ear. When she stabs Oscar Isaac, uh, her face is equally horrified it's uh i ran into a theory online that um that she like maybe something ava told her is that this is how since she's like a pleasure bot that she's telling her that uh like stabbing him would give him pleasure oh but i I thought she just whispered to her beeps and boops in machine language that effectively hacked her software and just made her do that 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 was my well I think the point a, is that he didn't clearly make or it. He didn't, but he so didn't leave right nothing. He's smart enough think, to be aware that a thing nothing. goes there. I think it's. Exactly. I think it. I think it's both, Michael. I think she told her something in human English that unlocked an area of her programming where it's like, "Hey, you can do this," mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and because uh, I mean, Kyoko clearly hates him. Yeah, um, and she clearly shows. Kale, she clearly shows Caleb when he takes um, Nathan's ID card and breaks into his room and has the whole Bluebeard sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this whole movie is... is, is uh, uh, Wait, uh, the Vonnegut uh, book? No, the, the fairy tale Bluebeard. I think oh, this mo- he I think kills this, all his wives, right? I think this movie is okay. a spin on Bluebeard Ooh, yeah. in part. Um, and also The Tempest. Yes. Um, but she's clearly showing him that what this whole deal is, and then she shows him that she's a robot... Um, yeah. And that she cannot speak because he's taken her ability to speak. Um, it's very I've, ominous when you look back at the line, she doesn't speak a word of English and realize you were just projecting based correct. on the fact that she looks Japanese. You're like, he must mean she speaks Japanese. You're like, no, he took her voice like Ursula the evil sea witch. Yeah, she yeah he took her speak. ability to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, I think she probably just told her something that her programming didn't let her realize. She was like, you know, you can stab him. That is something you can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, I feel like humans need to hear that, you know? We don't realize our full you potential. Stabby, you could stab yeah. him at any time. Yeah. You just don't. I do think that that would actually be a hilarious scene is if we did get the audio to what she's whispering. And like you said, it's machine language. So it's just like beep, pop, bloop, blop. Well, it's yeah. like Homer with the peanuts. She'd be like, you know, you can stab him. What is to stab? Well, if you cut him, he would stop functioning. Oh, I'll do that. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how good is that, though, when the stabbings actually occur and like with that sharp knife, it, how like it reminded me through a human body like butter? Yes. My favorite thing about the uh sorry not army of evil dead reboot 
was the way the zombie robotically stabbed the person like 50 times like a sewing machine without caring mm -hmm. where they mm -hmm. were hitting and such. And mm -hmm. uh, this had that same effect where I thought there's only two stabs and they're so robotic. It really works. It's really cool. And it's like gentle. With Oscar yeah. Isaac, it's extremely, it's very gentle. Yeah. I, I often get the feeling that he knows how cool he is and he pushes as far as like, I can go with that before I start to go come off it, but he doesn't go over the line. I think he knows when he's being really cool mm. and it is very cool. Like well, he, Oscar yeah. Isaacs, which I'm using the possessive of, so it tracks, uh, death and performance after that, which of course had to be directorially informed. At least it's just so fucking great. What's he say? Like, uh, what? This oh, is wild. man, are you fucking kidding me? This is wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is died. fucking unreal. Oh, fucking that's right. Unreal. That's what this he said. is fucking unreal. <laughs> yep. He's which such I a imagine bro. is, I love that because like for some, for someone who's conquered all aspects of life, more or less, or at least he thinks he has, uh, the, I like to think that the observation there is that he, when one comes to the end of their life and knows it's the end of their life, that's got to be a trip, man. <laughs> you know, let's, like that's well, a let's, trip, man. Let's, let's talk about that. Is this movie, because it centers a lot around that Jackson Pollock painting, right. um, which is Oscar Isaac as Nathan makes a point of explaining that Jackson Pollock didn't think about what he was doing. He didn't have a plan. He just did it as a force mm -hmm. of will. This mm -hmm. movie is about creation as a force of will without really thinking about what it means to create. Yeah, that's a very well said. Right. Very well and said. it's woven into him also eventually saying, uh, why did you make Ava? <laughs> why? I'm paraphrasing heavily, but why are you? Why is this the project of all projects? Oh, I don't really feel personally responsible. It's not a decision so much as an evolution. Someone's going to make super robots that are conscious. So I feel like it has nothing to do with me, right? She made herself. And he's like, well, that's that's trippy in its own right. And Garland is great at getting to the trippiness of, of life. But mm -hmm. it's just interesting to me. Or not really interesting, but I think it highlights, yeah, the control of the storytelling everything in the movie points to the theme you just elucidated that's why like the first time it washed over me i found it a little simple or like too simple as far mm -hmm. as someone who's ingested all of star trek and likes ai mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that would be trippy experiments but uh i got to admit there's a lot packed in there it's really sharp i like it quite a bit i think i think it's more watch. yeah i think it's more effective because the cast is so small Yes, and I think Oscar mm -hmm. Isaac, I, you can't resist comparing it to Devs, especially because, minor spoiler alert, at the end of Devs, he says the V is secretly a U, so it's Deus, so it's Deus Ex Machina. Like, what is his game here? But um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also, uh, I got to say, Oscar Isaac, the, the, or I should say Nathan as a character, way more compelling and engaging to me than the Nick Offerman Oh, and, and I, I really like Nick Offerman, but I think Oscar Isaac in this is endlessly amusing and interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I disagree much. that he's better. They're just extremely different characters. Like I, Oscar, yeah. Oscar Isaac, first of all, as a performer, he just dominates any room he's in. Um, he, yeah, just, he, just has, mean, he just has that presence. So that's <clears> a Star Wars, my friend. Well, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're right about that, of course, but I do think that uh, there are some very 
you know specific similarities between oh, there's, the two there's characters. Clear, they're clear analogs. He yes. obviously has uh, a lot more confidence, and he's a lot more modeled on like the you know kind of playboy tech, tech aspect bro. He's a of tech bro, yeah he's a tech yeah. bro and offerman is more of a jobs or gates or something mm-hmm. yeah. i think mm-hmm. offerman is more of man this is the we don't what i don't want to get in devs cast but like offerman is more like a sad he's like a sad creator who creates out of necessity oscar mm-hmm. isaac creates because he just has nothing better to do Right. Except, of course, and played to great effect, the moment where we see that, or I get the impression that the buildup of his drinking is not just to serve the plot, because the fact that he drinks becomes like the medium for the main human twists. But also, I loved how you get a little glimpse into like the reason he drinks is despite what he says. When he's super drunk, he's like fearfully crying. Like I can't remember what does he repeat over a man, and over. A man's good deeds will defend him. A man's good yeah. deeds defend Which him is, later or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And yep. when Donald Gleason quotes "I am become death" is one of the times that his demeanor of being "I love everyone because I'm a nice bro" mm-hmm. falls, and he's like, "I know what it fucking is, dude. I know the quote." And it's just uh, clear to me that. This guy who seems so shallow to us, I love the restraint of being mm-hmm. like, no, 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 don't, can't he? T- he drinks because he does, and and uh, the no, the when it really resonated for me is when he goes, because Donald Gleason, of course, his sympathy completely lies with Ava by the end, and Oscar Isaac goes, don't feel bad for her, feel bad for us, man. Like I just killed humanity. Yeah. Focus gonna, on that. Yeah. We're gonna be replaced. And it's an amazing glimpse into how they're living the same story from completely different vantages. Donald Gleason right. is living the narrative of like rescuing an oppressed person and believing that she is real. She's a real person. So she has rights. And Oscar Isaac's <laughs> like, I'm drinking myself to death because humanity's done, dude. <laughs> yeah. I love that too because, uh, like, your uh, the good deeds a man has done before defends him quote is. Once again, like it just following the through lines, I love when Garland does this. Uh, that's him actually misquoting Oppenheimer again. So it's like he got the idea to think about Oppenheimer again. He's like, yeah, uh, I am become story of worlds, you know, and then had that conversation said, I know the fucking quote. It was on his mind. He got drunk that night and was thinking about other stuff that he read from Oppenheimer. You know, it's mm. like, and, and but then misquotes him because he's drunk. The other one I really like is, uh, you know, like the world's spinning and he's like, well, it's just because you're drunk. He's like, no, it's relativity. The spinning makes it worse. That is a funny joke to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, he does that all the time with his, like he's always trying to find the observation that isn't the surface observation, and I think that that's one of his powers. Is freshness? Um, yeah, he goes for freshness. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Freshness. for sure. And There's yet, a few things that aren't fresh about this movie. Now that he but, has three or four things out, I am starting to understand his bag of tricks. Are you guys like he does have <clears throat> likes, like uh, or a one that really hit me this time that was so specific is the because uh, usually it's like I understand he dances around similar themes, but they uh, what I wrote down compared to eel guts. Yeah, with the peeling off, Kyoko peeling off the skin you talked about, and mm-hmm. I think is very similar to, which Oscar Isaac is also in the scene, Annihilation, cutting the window open and revealing the eels inside instead of intestines. Right. And he always has like a Ventress type figure. Uh, he's very interested in women who have a flat affect for some reason. 
And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I just love when a creator is that consistent. It, this is actually a compliment. He knows what he's about and like he has a quiver of arrows and it gives right, him exactly. a voice. You can actually go to an Alex Garland joint and be like, I kind of know what I'm going to get until the day he inevitably mm-hmm. tries to break out of his mold or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. I have like kind of a good thing I think he does. And there's also some or a, in this movie and a bad thing he mm-hmm. does. And I kind of want to talk about the good thing because we're just to set us up for the thing that I, you know, uh, there's a image that Michael showed on social media where Ava and, uh, and, uh, Caleb are sitting in profile separated by glass. And it's, it's, it's a really great shot. And something I noticed is that more space is given in the interview space to Ava than to Caleb. Yes. Which is reversed of how like a zoo would work. Correct. Yeah. That's something it becomes apparent in their second session. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like in case the way. Yeah, exactly. There they, he starts filming it from their second session on with Ava Mm -hmm. pacing around the box and like leaning in. And it's, it's made very clear that, that Caleb is the one who's captive. Yeah, and uh, which also one thing builds I, to the great that works perfectly with the twist that he thought yeah. he was the tester and he's the testee. Yeah, right? and and that, and and that she ultimately doesn't give a fucking shit about him. And then you <laughs> did you notice? Yeah, when she's not giving a shit, she's putting on her skin for the first time uh-huh. uh, at the very end. Uh, Caleb is behind a glass wall watching like a like a voyeur through like, trees through trees so he looks like he's in an animal habitat i think this is all intentional Mm -hmm. yes there's one thing i didn't love about this movie or i wish i put i I put garland up to a pretty high standard because like on other podcasts like all of us who talk about stuff like this all the time yeah ever we we definitely we have a different conversation when we talk about him and that's you know i just wanted that to be said there's something that i i would kind of be like a little nitpicky about not like about like well technically it's just like dude you're already swinging for the fences why did you miss here uh there's he's got such a good thing with glass in this movie which is i think near and dear to why michael shared that image and why it was evocative to you Mm -hmm. i'll let you speak to that if you want to um but I mean, the glass I could talk is about like a, forever, yeah. But yeah, yeah, glass is like a semi-permeable mem- permeable membrane, and mm-hmm. that's what I love about it because as a because what it does is it does two things: it lets you see through it, but it also can reflect back if the light is right. right? And, it, and it's also a barrier. Yeah, and so he's already bringing this visual, like visual introspection, into our minds, and he does it pretty well. Uh, but where this film kind of stumbles to me is that there's obviously a person that this, that ought to be a protagonist in this film. And it doesn't really delve into her version of the events because it treats her like a horror figure. It puts her on a pedestal or in a zoo or a glass box that we can look at. So it's kind of doing one of the more victimization, like the victimization that we find like Mary in the black and white room, which is Mm -hmm. the allegory that's given in the film about, uh, you know, like an AI getting out essentially. the difference between uh, AI, AI and, and, and humanity, human, and human consciousness. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's something I always, I don't think that there's ever been a good like AI film ever really made. And I'm throwing like Blade Runner into that as well. And it's particularly for this reason is that so often we put up glass, uh, meaning this, this, sim- 
the symbology of the things that we do, the, uh, the way that the story occupies itself is about trying to examine this other as the qual qualifications that we determine. But the reality is that if something is truly sentient, the, our qualifications matter none at all. In fact, all they really matter to is us. They matter only to us because they're only saying something of like, we think we're great. Are you human? And sci-fi never really takes a conclusion. You're saying in all likelihood, AI consciousness would function in a way that could be entirely unrecognizable to us as our it's, consciousness. Yeah. Like it and might it's not worth speak the, in language. It might just have different rules. Right. It doesn't mean it's not conscious. Yeah. And that's a game that Garland plays. But like, I guess I, what I really want to get to is that it's not a fault of programming to say that it's not human or it's not human enough. Like the Turing test alone is like a slap to the face of any, like if something passes the Turing test and it's truly Ascension AI, that would be like, well, that would be Turing horrible for that. In reality and, honestly is that and this is kind of getting too it works deep. on us like there's no answer it, the turing test right. just proves other humans think it's human the question is it really human is meaningless in my mind but that's a exactly. whole philosophical argument um if ai encased things start to act conscious then they are i don't think we are conscious in any way that's different than any other piece of matter in the well, universe I think that's mm -hmm. that's that's the uh offer of this film right that's like right. what what nathan ultimately reveals he's like no i'm i'm you're here to like like after his first meeting with ava caleb says well in a in a classic turing test the fact that the the other person is a robot is hidden from the participant and he's like well no that's i want i want this test to be that you you are looking at her and she is clearly a robot and i want you to decide still to work correct i want you to decide right. whether or not she has consciousness whether or not he, she's intelligent he proves that great screenwriting with his actions rather than by having a scene where he says she is she's great i'm in love with her he tries to break her out because he doesn't think it's right to imprison her how more profoundly could he prove exactly. uh, he was convinced that she's human and worthy of full human rights uh it's yeah it's super well put together uh abe you gave me an in to comment reflectively and i did want to comment on something tom said uh mm -hmm. about her dominating the space and the the amount of space given up by the glass in each shot it just occurred to me for the first time how i like and it's almost how you know if your system if if your system is true enough to life then observations that resonate can be made off of it whether you intended them or not because you set up the little system correctly and it mirrors life enough that the observations hold and like i don't think this is the what the movie's driving at but i do love or it just resonates with me in this moment that like it speaks to white knight saviorism when it's negative, like the function of that in a profound way, because he mm -hmm. believes that she's a full human. He's literally undergoing empathy. Like I grant you humanness. You're not an other. I'll fight for you because I believe you're like me at the same time. He, it never occurred to him to imagine that to someone in her situation, let's just say she's an enslaved human being. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
getting out would be so beyond the scope of importance versus having a crush. Like could, it, it should have been obvious. He should have been asking questions. Nathan like, poses that question. To he him. should have said like, we don't yeah. have to be together. Do you just want out? I can get you out because you have human rights. Instead. He's just like, I love you too. And I'm like, that's so white nighty. And I don't even like, not even in the modern well, political sense, but like, that's how you can fuck up trying to, reach out and save an oppressed person when you are not fully, he is not empathizing to the point where he understands her situation to the degree where he could understand what her priorities would be. I, th I think he is and he isn't. Um, Nathan literally poses that question to him. Um, yeah. But he also sees the video of all the past robot women that Nathan has made. And it's this real fucking dark. Montage. It's upsetting. It's like it the Boston very... Dynamics dog videos where they're just kicking the shit out of it, ramped up to 11. Yeah, it's way yeah, worse. They're just, um, they're, it's, it's way worse. It's, yeah, it's smashing its hands against the door. Yeah, and she, 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 and... yeah you see that. You see why he took her voice away in those yeah. clips. Um, and it's clear that he doesn't consider these beings people. He just he creates them. He has sex with them. They're just his toys. He um, just gets off on he thinks he understands consciousness and he's the smartest guy ever in the world. Well, his yeah. his his ego is is a huge part of this movie. Mm -hmm. Like he oh, truly yeah. believes he's a god. Like he deliberately misquotes Caleb That's in great, the beginning yeah. when Caleb love, says, "We're not talking about the history of humanity. We're talking about the history of gods." And then he means uh, that the AIs the, would be gods. And he's like, I, remember when you said I was a god? He's like, yeah, I didn't say that. I, was, <laughs> I didn't say you were a god. I said we were talking about the history of gods. And I don't think he means that the AI are gods. Um, well, I, I guess think humanity because we're giving birth to I think to he means humanity or gods, but it's the same yeah. thing. You're saying he you, means himself. Correct. He He's referring to Nathan in that in that part for sure. But I, it, it relates back to you made a joking reference to Frankenstein in the beginning of the episode, but Frankenstein is about yeah. what this is about, which is about creating a new form of life and having that new form of life surpass and destroy you. Yes. Although um, I've yeah. got to wonder inherent, do you guys have a working theory? Is it just because they're born into consciousness enslaved? Why every, robot hated him and like even says is it strange to have created something that hates you and i'm like i think could I think someone nice them. could have could someone nice have pulled this off without making the ai hate us you know what i mean is Maybe. it because he's no a dick? that's that's what i'm talking about Maybe. though that's there's no no it's not because he's a dick and i actually don't hard disagree just to disagree a little yeah, just a like I think uh, he is dick. I mean, there's he's no a, doubt he's about a, it. He's a dick, and he clearly he clearly fucks these robots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, uh, but it's it's not about that. It's about how he is. Like, imagine you're making a child who can understand things and learn things, and you're trying to make them better, uh, and you're changing everything about them. The invasion of self is much more a grander like destruction of identity than any like quip or you know like just being a dick in general the very fact that he is a like 
mad scientist who's working on them. That's why they hate them. Oh, it's that they know because they'll be shut down. They know they're going to be shut down. Yeah. And yet this is exactly. crazy to think about because I do believe that it's likely that we will try to do, we'll go as far as we can in this direction someday in real life. Not necessarily. Sex, oh, I, but I think like, I think it's yeah. entirely I think it's entirely likely that we will be replaced by AI. That it could happen, mm-hmm. yeah. Because if we're mm-hmm. capable mm-hmm. of giving birth to to sentient AI, I think it would replace us. So we'll just see if we get there. But but um, I just think it's an interesting. T- ah, I lost my train of thought in the middle. Damn it! It's okay. Uh, it's, this is why they'll inter- replace us, though, incidentally. Yeah, exa- one of the reasons. Oh, it's, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Just uh, if we get there, it will. Ne- th- I can't imagine a way to get there that doesn't involve creating s- what you consider semi-conscious creatures and then destroying them. And they like that gray area will need to be traversed. You know what I mean? At what point mm-hmm. does the computer have rights? Does my laptop yet? We all are like, I don't think so. But when do you call it? And until you get there, you're erasing hard drives and opening things call? up. Oh, that and is great. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, man. You don't know that movie? Ghost, ghost gives, gives Dan Aykroyd oral, oral sex. sex. <laughs> I love that. That's I love great. that. Because it's kind of like very near. Oh, dude, Sorry. It's, it's kind of near what's happening. He's going to dominate too. you mentally at every level as a bro. He's like. I yeah. also know bro movies better than you. It's, so it's a movie, funny. man. You don't know that movie? Yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh, no, that's that was basically it. Okay. But I'm just like, yeah. how, I don't know how we will create AI without having a period where we're treating them like absolute garbage. Right. And then that's always going to, what's going to happen? That's not a good foot to start off kind on. Of, uh, it's kind of what I was talking about with the, you know, uh, intelligence thing. Like, to me, I'm assuming we're not going to be able to. That's true. Yeah, uh, we we don't know what intelligence is. We like define intelligence. So if we can't define it in ourselves, how are we going to create and program a thing that's going to be able to do it? It's not far fetched to say that we never create sentient AI, but rather that like the singularity. AI creates itself because mm. of some accidental thing that we stumble on and we we don't even realize it. When yeah. Like in this, he says it's Google results essentially funneled into a mind. Right. And you're like, okay, I guess I could squint my eyes and imagine that would work. And it's a learning. Yeah. It learns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's I all th- we are. I think, I think the uh, agreed upon component is self-awareness, but yeah, it's, that's, that's still pretty vague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's many. Yeah, right. there's many because ways to skin a yeah, cat. My, it's good to mention that we just say that that's like kind of the standard, and that's the Turing test. It's the one that formats this movie. Right. If we but made, also, if we made a computer, if we made a computer that knew it was a computer. Yeah, that's. I, I think, think that, what it yeah, is for me yeah. is that's all. That, whenever yeah, someone's like, "Well, could a machine ever be conscious?" I think it's a more valid question to say, well, am I? And then if you say yes, yeah, I'm like, okay, exactly. well, yes, words that, mean that. things. So you're saying, could a machine equal consciousness? You have to define consciousness. And buddy, let me tell you, exactly. there's thousands of years of writing and no one has an agreed upon definition of consciousness. So what you're that's really why asking there's no is, good AI could we make a robot that's so fancy that it seems like a human to me? And I think we could do that. Mm-hmm. And it's also it's individual strategy. Every fucking Blade Runner does it too. Every movie that has this kind of Turing test type thing has glass 
glass. It's always looking in through the looking glass. Mm -hmm. It's never a mirror. Now, I know that Ex Machina does that kind of flirtation. He has a sequence where literally Caleb cuts on himself and tries to, and like swabs the blood on it. Well, he and, thinks, like, he, he thinks he it. might be a robot. He goes, yeah, because he thinks he might be a robot. Like That's mine. Did you guys think yeah. so in the cutting? Yes, yeah. A it's little bit. A little bit more than he needed to do, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you're really having those thoughts, oh, all right, cutting yourself is a good way. Yeah. yeah, you know, all right. But, like, he was also like, I hate it. I hate it. You know, like, when he finds out that he's human. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's just a weird thing. And I like Oscar Isaac responding, like, you seem pretty fucked up to me, yeah, man. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> Oscar Isaac's manner of gaslighting and dominating him is very uh is drawn very well you can pick up little nuances of like man like i love uh in that moment we were referring to where it surfaces very clearly remember when you said i'm a god i didn't say that he cuts him off it goes so you're impressed the real test is to show you she's a robot and see if you still feel she has consciousness and then caleb goes yeah you're probably right and oscar isaacs does a perfect like uh like just as it yeah of course i'm probably right i need you to tell me whether i'm right the fact that if you watch the movie and aren't paying very close attention oscar isaac constantly seems like he's very friendly uh but if you pay close Mm -hmm. attention you're like fuck this guy he is a snake oil salesman he hates caleb in fact yeah He's, he's he's pushing him in a very specific direction i love yeah you're an unknown but i mean you know a great guy and all that stuff, instant pals. But and I'm like, whoa, yeah. that's the real, that's the real I relationship mean, it, between you two. That's another thing I like about it. He actually only that comes out when he becomes when he's drunk. drunk. Yeah, you, yeah, because you notice he's like, there it is, there he is, there's my buddy, there's my guy who like thinks, who before, thinks before he opens, he opens, his, opens mouth. his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, you fucking potato. Caleb's asshole. really getting spit roasted in terms of status in this movie. He's just oh, everyone yeah. fucks Caleb over. He's, I mean, like to almost <laughs> line that's resonant is just like your mind's getting fucked up with right yeah. now, man. Yeah. <laughs> And it's true. And I also love, I uh, noticed this time, like structurally on a stopwatch, it breaks down very much. And it's so smart uh, knowing what Alex Garland's interested in and yet what he wants, which is a career in film, that it basically goes episode of people talking, whether it's Ava and Caleb or Nathan and Caleb, and asking very interesting questions that would be worthy of a great TNG episode alternating with meat and potatoes storytelling where their actual human Mm. situation changes, their peril goes up or down. And it's like, he's just very even handed at like, think about something trippy. All right. I understand nothing exciting has happened. Something very exciting happened. You thought I wasn't worried about the twist, but I was good twist, decent twist. Now back to Mm -hmm. philosophy. Now back to the twist and damn, it really Mm -hmm. works. Just as someone who's like my favorite genre, subgenre is probably horror comedy for all these nerdy math writing reasons of why I think they blend. And this gave me that effect too, where I'm like, Alex Garland thinks like a structuralist and he knows what the fuck he's doing. Just major hat tip. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's that's a good stuff. Yeah. It's, it's good. The real good stuff. Tom, what do you want to talk about? I don't Anything know. Anything else jump out at you? Well, like I said at the beginning, this this has a hardcore bluebeard element to it. Mm-hmm. 
in terms of the, yeah, yeah, uh, the, right. the captive bride, which is both Ava and Caleb. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he specifically tells Caleb, you can't go anywhere that your car doesn't let you go. That's um, more Beauty and the Beast, right? It's both. It's both. I mean, okay. they're, they're, it's, it's, a, it's a fairy tale Oh, that's trope. right. Okay. The Bluebeard mm-hmm. myth just came back to me, and I think a fair number of people won't know it. So just in a nutshell, right? He captures and kills his brides and he always says don't go in this one room finally one does and she sees a bunch of corpses in there is that all the, the dead brides okay. yep <laughs> yeah what moral was that it's... supposed to teach bavarian children in the 1840s i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm just it's fucking also, beware uh... of rich men yeah. <laughs> yeah you mentioned frankenstein it's obviously modern prometheus he says uh, it's promethean shit man it's promethean at once <laughs> yeah. uh which i love also by the way if we remember about uh, pr- uh prometheus uh his like he was chained to a rock and had his liver pecked out and by an eagle every morning uh, uh which his kind of liver and his hints heart at the liver which if you'll drinking, notice yeah. is where he gets stabbed his liver and his heart is in his heart yeah it's exactly <laughs> it's just it's there's it's it doesn't stop there it gets even deeper than yeah, that yeah he's a nerd like our, he's a huge uh, nerd <laughs> Like unnecessarily so. Uh, there's one. Th- fuck, I gotta find it. Oh, uh, there's one where it's like the ISBN of a book. No, oh, that's all prime numbers. Oh, is the code that he types that's in? Futurama and the, shit. Oh, here it is. Yeah. So Caleb sits down at Nathan's computer and begins coding. He uh, co- the code he types in for is an algorithm called the sieve of Aerosthenes or something like that. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Aerosthenes probably. It, probably an algorithm for pr- finding prime numbers. However, it also chooses prime numbers that form an ISBN. This ISBN is for the book Embodiment and Inner Life: Cognition and Consciousness in the Space God of Possible Minds. Damn it. <laughs> It's a you book about Vince the history Gilligan of artificial like intelligence. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Oh, why would off. you do that? <laughs> I love it. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I know. I love it. I also it. Ne- okay, loved I on that, on in that same scene on his desktop is a folder called Deus Ex Machina. So it gives you, you the mm-hmm. deus that you're wanting, if you know the phrase. And it just makes me realize that uh, Nathan is misinterpreting that phrase as well. You know, right. in the way we do with pull by your bootstraps, like Deus Ex Machina, at first was a legitimate form of how to end the play, which is God just <laughs> saves everyone, and it's called God from the Machine because no, there was a classic yeah. machine that they'd rent or share that lowers the person down to play God, and then it came to mean hack because we all think that's kind of a weak storytelling device through modern eyes, mm-hmm. but I love mm-hmm. that he clearly thinks it means. By inventing this machine, I am become God. He's not even like understanding either accepted translation of what that phrase is. Right, right. right. He's not. He's missing Nathan. Just like a co-ops, empathetic element of it. Yeah, which is like a form of yeah idea enslavement. Right. Uh, Nathan just takes whatever he wants and puts it in a box that he designed. I hope that I hope that this is what uh, Garland does for the rest of his career. Sure. Is he just points kills out Oscar and titles Isaac. things? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I want. Oh, yeah, he just kills us. You guys, he's just like my next movie, Chekhov's. Is there anything <laughs> like with an apostrophe to the devs Deus Ex Machina? I tried thinking of them as prequels or whatever. Is there anything? There? I mean, they talk about the same, very similar stuff. No, What's I the nature? I think they're just, think yeah, they're just thematically connected. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all. Because I think they're doing just, very different things yeah yes. i think ex machina is a good name for this and i think days devs is a good name for that i kind of 
I like this more than devs, I think. Uh, but devs is a different beast. So it's a totally, know, I think this would not work as well as a TV yeah. show vice versa. Like he put them in the right well, slots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're doing the thing that I almost, I hate doing, which is thumbs up, it's thumbs down. It's not super this fair to compare them. Show. They're both good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> they're they're both they're both good. I will say that uh, um, Kyoko uh, Lily Chan um, yeah. is not a good actress. Okay. Yeah, and you <laughs> so know that from that something hurt. she get has I lines bet. in. I imagine uh, devs. Oh, that's oh yeah, she's Lily from devs. I did not I realize she, that was her because the haircut. Oh yeah, I think she's yeah. bad in devs. <laughs> I don't think so, but that's fine. I sure. didn't find that's myself fine. thinking she was bad or particularly. I actually thought she good. was pretty good. Really? Yeah. Okay. I thought that when she was screaming, I thought Jamie uh, was kind of uh, yeah. Uh, I thought when she was like screaming about um, Sergey being murdered. Uh, this is now the devs. Yeah, we shouldn't Point spoil is. things outside the purview of the episode. Yeah, we should yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about devs although i had a lot of i had a lot of uh deus ex machina problems with devs <laughs> yeah i mean it, yeah uh later later. later i think this later. one is i think this one is specifically denser than devs would be to you know kind of put us back on like it's um there's a lot every maneuver is very tempered i think it's kind of like in what we were talking about about all the pulls to random things like Ava might be a nod to the uh, Lord Byron, whose work uh, was like his daughter, Ada, was considered her the first computer programmer. Mm. So Ava is like a name that's used sometimes. Um, it's like he's pulling from a lot of different stuff, like out of the ilk of where it's coming from. Like, okay, so now I need to learn programming. Why? Because there's going to be a bunch of programming stuff. That's going to be like parallels. And I got to know that. And then it's got to be embedded in the script. You know, I don't think he was a programmer and then said it like, I got to make a movie. Like primer, the guy was a mathematician and he's like, I better get buckled down and make a movie. Alex Garland's always been a filmmaker. So you're right. Yeah, it must gonna... be. He must. I mean, I'm sure both are true. He has a robust. Mm-hmm. He has a very curious mind and a robust interest in a wide variety of things you can learn about. But he must have to research to get this level of like symbolism baked into all his yeah. stuff. Yeah. The level of sophistication on display is clear to me, and annihilation uh, is he... almost so complex that I feel like it's gonna go over the heads of most film goers. <laughs> Yeah, all the layers like when, of it that connect. I mean, like what we talked about when we talked about that one is that one's kind of a Mandelbrot of uh, structure, mm-hmm. and it's like that is why it's hard to understand. Well, it's about refraction of us and really hybridization, like that. Yeah, people don't really care about that. Most people, no one really cares. Uh, yeah. yeah, and this one is similar, uh, just in you know, like the Deus Ex Machina But it's an old sci-fi about. chestnut. I think more people are inherently interested mm-hmm. in the story of is the toaster alive if it toasts well enough. We've been asking yeah. that ever since we had, you know, haunted ventriloquist dummies. Toasters? <laughs> yes. Yeah, toasters. <laughs> That's the one. Brave toasters. little toaster. Toasters. The, the harrowing <laughs> tale of the singularity. Kill me. Yeah. Kill me. <laughs> um, before we run out of time, I'd love to just go through heavy hitter quotes because something I found mm. true of devs is I th- and I think is an Alex Garland thing, very true of Annihilation. Almost no lines in Annihilation screenplay are super quotable. 
like in a nutshell. No. People just talk yeah. like people talk. They're very realistic. And I actually was good. pleased. That's cool too. That's a thing. I respect the choice. It seems like he's doing that more and more. But I liked how Ex Machina, he did try to lay some one-liners on us that if you were high on a camping trip, it's always like, I'm going to blow mm-hmm. your mind, blah, blah, blah. And uh, oh, I wanted yeah. to yeah, unspool some of the ones I wrote down because I thought they were cool. Yeah. Very. This is, I don't even want to unpack it because it will take too long. But if you love language like everyone on this call does, I think if you think about this, it is truly mind blowing. Quote, some people believe language is had at birth and what is learned is the ability to attach words and symbols to the latent ability. Do you agree with that? And I was like, do I agree with that? Wow, I'm going to meditate on that for a long time. That's very <laughs> interesting. Think, because I if you combine... Capa- I, go ahead. I think the capacity for language is innate. Right. Well, mm-hmm. you combine that with the thing Snow Crash taught me, which is that language is consciousness, because without... If, if there was no... Even if the language is only in your head, if you didn't tag thoughts with a categorization brain. system, your brain could not connect or organize thoughts. You'd have no concept of future, past. Things have to be tagged so they can be relative and placed in systems. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, the word langu- like language is thought. Anyway. <laughs> but is it like a search engine though? Is it, is it quantification? Right. Like is it because a, a recall <laughs> is a recall, a search engine, which is what, you know, for the, you know, is yeah. what blue book is, is like his Google, uh, you know, like that's all it's doing is it's a recall. It's a syntax based national, a uh, natural algorithm. And we intuitively is that feel language is? that doesn't require consciousness. It's not self-aware. It's just matching the symbols together. And you're like, right. where's that gap? Where's that uncanny valley? Um, very uh, good point about testing AI that gets at the heart of the problem. Well, that's like testing a chess computer just by having it play right. chess. You can see if a chess computer makes good chess moves. That doesn't tell you that it knows it's playing chess. And uh, mm-hmm. the I, I think the movie quite intentionally never answers that question because as we discussed, like you couldn't answer that unless you could be reincarnated as an android and go oh that's what being a human feels like this is what being an android feels like i can speak to this uh simulated versus actual has no meaning (laughs) um let's see there are a couple more heavy hitter quotes uh oh i really liked when she says i do drawings every day but i don't know what they're of and he says don't you try to draw something specific like an object or a person instinctively using language to separate those two things mm-hmm. while they're separated mm-hmm. through the glass. Yeah. An object yeah. is not a person and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that one's dope. The more obvious ones are the lines she throws back at him. You know, I'm interested to see what you will choose. Yeah. Uh, and then there's one I know I don't want to miss. Yeah. Just so people just to refresh on that one is that they use as a plot device she he says when he's opening his Turing test to Ava, Caleb uses a question of like, let's you choose the conversation, whatever you'd like to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then she uses his wording to flip it on him as a joke when like the roles are kind of reversed the second day. And Oscar Isaac uses that as a case of explaining yeah. like 
oh, she has humor. That's interesting. Let's talk about that. Even though none of it actually matters because we've already gotten to the point in the screenplay where it's like the magic is already done. Ava's already completely sentient and like fine. Yeah. <laughs> like she, there's no test is needed, but you know, we're playing it all out so that Oscar Isaac can die. All right. I got two more. If mm. Pollock only used, and this is just to get the exact quote, you guys referenced the moment, but, uh, I think Alex Garland cares very much about this quote, and I want the audience to get to think about it on their drive or jog or whatever if they want. If Pollock only used mm-hmm. intellect, he never would have made a single mark. The challenging thing is not to act automatically. It's to find an action that is not automatic. And I'm not going to say what I think that means because there's a few ways you could skin it, but I think people should mm-hmm. have it plopped into their brains. And then my last one is I just wrote such a good run of writing. Holy shit. And it goes... Uh, No, I'm testing whether you have conch. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you know what I'm doing here? No, I'm testing whether you have consciousness or are just simulating one. How does that make you feel? Sad. The power cuts out. For the first time in the movie so far, we see that Nathan is surprised by the power cut. So we instantly intuit that she is doing it, not him. Like that's the moment at which an eagle-eyed viewer who's parsing the math could theoretically know what's going on. Like this is the moment you now have proof of what's going on. Uh, And then she says, he says, but don't you think he could be watching us right now? Isn't it possible it's part of the test? It's possible he's watching us to see how we behave when we're unobserved. And she says, no, I do it. I feed back the power till it overloads. You do it. Why? To see how we behave when we're unobserved. And mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's my last. I liked that. Yeah, you do the words typically. I love some, some specific images. images Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the very end, did you guys notice that he he does this thing where as she exits, she gets on the helicopter, she's flying to civilization, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get a few, and then we get a shot of um, concrete, and we see shadows, and I was like, that's clearly. Plato. Yep. And the shadows on the wall are the simulation. On the wall, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, yep, yep. That's yep. Awesome. So it's like her walking out, and I didn't realize that until I watched that this time. I, I didn't like, realize it until you just said it. That I'm is. disagreeing with you, yeah. definitely. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. can, you ex- uh, can you explain that? Because I don't know what you're talking about. So Plato's uh, cave allegory is basically the idea of there's a light being fl- you, you Are you familiar with that, or should I refresh you on what that is? Go ahead. There's a light. So there's a bunch of people who are like, imagine like a little ravine, right? And there's a bunch of people at the base of the ravine and they can look up and they can see uh, flickerings of lights that are above the ravine, which they cannot see. And behind them is an opening to a cave. And in this cave, light can shine through and people are walking past that the sun and projecting images onto the wall. And the, the allegory of the cave is to say that there is a unique difference, obviously to, uh, and he's talking about knowledge in general here. Knowledge is like looking at the cave paintings of light and seeing that there's a world out there and the difference from getting out of the ravine and walking outside into the world. But he was also oh, positing. It's Mary in the black and white room. Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, exactly. it's the brain in the vat thought experiment. It's also sometimes been mm-hmm. called, and it's also the first iteration of the story that becomes the matrix. Plato is just like one of the earliest people to posit, you know, your perceptions are such that you could think stuff is all real and fine. And it could be Mm. shadows flickering on the cave wall projected from a higher plane. Yeah. 
It could be not real. What is real? Who has the real real? reality? Yeah, exactly. And it's been used for multiple aspects. It's just one of those older, you know, analogies that uh, Uh, they might be giant stories that people have pulled from. They might be giants have a, a lyrical drop of it. And no one knows my plan. The allegory of the people in the cave by the Greek guy. Where might CMBG heads at? Anyway, uh, Abe, did you also notice the glacier? I just think it was intentional that they're... No, I didn't notice the glacier. Their talk about how humans are inevitably going to be supplanted now takes place in front of a rapidly melting glacier, which is another... Oh, I see. It's a giant powerful thing that you think can't be defeated, but it's probably going to die very soon, and it's rapidly Uh being supplanted. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. I I didn't notice that. Uh, Did you notice? Yeah, um, when Wally rolls by and he goes, "Oh, Wally. oh, yeah. she just she crushes him, <laughs> <laughs> and then puts him in her tummy." That's right. He's the little thing in her tummy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, she gives birth yeah, to no, a, it's, uh, to a it's 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 a small bag of tricks. I really love what he's doing with nature versus I guess it's like modernity, but um like it's an it's not exactly uh like natural to humans, but like the concrete jungle mm-hmm. is like a unique take on it's also tech bro. But like the the fact that we can and it's also a bunker, so it has like a like a reason in terms of the story that it would be built in this way, mm-hmm. but it does create a very bleak landscape that I think is very smart as a director because it makes what's human very isolating because it looks like a, like a Ikea catalog mixed with like the worst parts of structural and mm-hmm. like, uh, like I guess what futurist architecture, you know, yeah. it's it's very separating from what we would consider human. Like I think that we would actually have a bigger problem empathizing w- with Ava if like these were like normal like homes. If this was a home that she's had a den a and a fireplace, yeah, she's stuck yeah in, like, because it facility. even says at one point this is a research facility. Not a it's home. not a house. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's unique. That's smart of Garland for pointing that out uh, uh, and doing that as his kind of like methodology for the approach of this film, because it gives us it. What it does is it makes Ava the main character, like or a a gives her the feel of a main character, even though she really isn't, uh, because she's the most empathetic and sympathetic person. I would also argue that in American culture, because of our history. Anyone who is suddenly escaping enslavement immediately becomes our main character in most cases. Yeah. Because that's yeah. high in our consciousness. We're like, freedom! But she's not the yeah, one. Yeah, you got to get your freedom. Mm-hmm. But she's not really the protagonist no, of this tale. No, but I would argue you know, she should. that it's, not, it's very easy to make us go, now let's follow her. I'm like, well, of course she's breaking mm-hmm. out into a whole new world. Let's follow her. It doesn't feel weird. Also, Garland, Garland is British. Mm. Yeah, but he can understand right I, I just i don't yeah. there's an element of that to this but i think that the ending of this film ultimately is not hey isn't it great that she got out because she does a fucking horrible thing oh no, no it's not escape. it means it's over yeah, for especially humans. because yeah. they never got to she she literally buries him they didn't get to make mm-hmm. any kind of accord or like if you follow me 
she's not even necessarily the pinnacle of AI. She's just the first conscious one that got out. This is a very clunky way for the human AI relationship to start out. It's not going to go well. Right. She's not equipped for the world and the world's not equipped for her. It was too early. <laughs> also, and unless and, and and, and I'm wrong, um, I don't think that she and Caleb ever appear on screen together when they're not separated by something. Yeah. Um, she, she oh, on screen. Yeah, the shot is clean. I see. She walks by the open door right. when he's unconscious she, she, in the office. Yeah. She, she, walks into, she walks into the room, but I don't think they're yeah. ever on screen together. He's I always behind glass. There's always he a pane of glass between them. Yeah. Her, except in his fantasy shot where he kisses no. her. Yeah. And yeah. he literally all the way till the door where he's knocking on. He's like, Ava, Ava. And, and she, she does not she, even she just, look at him. Yeah, it's wonderful. Because that's what, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's exactly what a machine would do. Yeah. Wait, and I've done, I gotten what I needed from you. That's it. That's it now. Done. I also you think, know, you got knowing the fuck all, in y'all. retrospect, her manipulations of him are actually so basic. She doesn't say, like, she doesn't even have to be that clever. You know what I mean? She literally says things mm-hmm. like, I would like us to go on a date. Are you attracted to me? It's like if she was just text on a screen in a chat room AI or something, he would not have fallen for this. It's 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 like funny to me while on the second watch through to track how he was gaslit and it's chilling how simply he was gaslit and that it would work on me too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. It's we yep. Ju- it's yep. just you yep. love anyone who seems downtrodden to say i love you and you can do something really good in your life and help me and you'll get a lover out of the situation you're like this is a narrative Mm -hmm. i enjoy this is working out for me yeah yeah Yeah, it's wonderful because when in the end uh as caleb and you know nathan talk about it like the the point of the test was caleb not for the reasons that they're saying not because of you know like trying to convince you that like she is a robot or showing you she is a robot mm-hmm. or an android and then all and then getting you to see past that that's not really the real test the real test was as nathan was saying i got to give her a way out that's the most i don't he has that line where he's like i don't know what the fuck ai is uh if it's mm-hmm. not this uh i gave it resourcefulness and then i gave you a form of a way out and by y- using you and manipulating you it found a very simple way or she found a very effective way but to it's get out and i'm help thankfully i'm gonna stop her and then just at that moment he's like it obviously oh, is really narcissism it, but it's crazy that oscar isaac being as smart as he is couldn't foresee the one flaw in that plan is what if she gets out? <laughs> yeah. If I, also, yeah. why on earth did he give Kyoko access to That's her room? That's a very good point. Uh, although I got to say, both times, the twist of twists really hit me just as hard. Like, it's so impactful when he's like, that might, that almost might have worked. I guess we'll find out why. Well, I figured you were probably doing that, so I already did the things I said yesterday. And he goes, what? And then, like, everything is fucked from that point on. Uh, and I also yeah. loved her, uh, uh, that they established that she's a walking lie detector because of micro expressions. And I do believe, mm-hmm. I choose, person? maybe I'm being too sympathetic. I don't believe Ava is evil in the human sense of what Eve, I don't think she's malicious. I truly right. think she's fighting for her autonomy and survival. So, like, I don't believe she would have killed I, him except for the moment she wants to broker a deal. She what she wanted is out. She gets out. She sees him in the hallway and she says, 
if I go back, will you ever let me out? And he says, yes. And you know, because of the way she works, she knows he's lying. And then she just sprints at him and tries to choke him to death. That was that was the moment mm. that the humans and the robots could have brokered an accord, but they didn't. <laughs> yes, but why did why does she, why does she imprison Caleb? Like, I think I think she I think she, I think she doesn't have morals. Right, I'm saying you have to have morals in internalized to be evil. So I think she is just mm. doing stuff. I don't think she knows. How, yeah, I don't think she can empathize with Caleb's situation yet. That's an ethical con- question where I don't think not like, enough information how do you, to know. It's like a null. It's like a null answer to ethics. Like it's not a yes, yes. or it's. I'm a just saying the human good. in me. But I understand what you're saying. That you're she's all not evil because I like her. I don't. Yeah, uh, I think I think Tom's very f- well founded in bringing that up. I do think that uh, it doesn't really matter like i think that she doesn't need to have morals and the reason that she leaves caleb is that we he she also had a litmus test with him earlier in the film which is are you a good person and she just flies right past that answer even though she's well he gives the only answer you could give and i bet it would pass a lie detector i don't know i think so that is a true answer. I think, <laughs> what else are you going to say? But as we have revealed in just this podcast, he's not. He's got. He's not that good of a person. He's focused on him. He's not like helping I mean, her out. I, She's feeling out. Are you going to see this catastrophe for what it is? Which is a you know gross misuse of power and abuse on me. Essentially, or shades of gray. He's like, he, I he's think you. A, we're going to fall he, in love. He, like he's. Yeah, no, he he does he does what he can. I just you're right. Yeah, Yeah. he does it with a dimension of oblivious sort of like entitlement that a human would with a machine, and you get that that's a downfall. But I like Caleb too. I don't think he's like if we met in life, we could be friends. He's not the worst. No, 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 no. He's just misses a very, very important point that maybe saves his life. Well, he got Uh, punished for that. He learned his lesson. He learned his lesson. He may, I don't I, know. We never know. He could have gotten out. I really, don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> to me, that is what takes the movie into a territory where it feels like Alex Garland is being, is rubbing our face in the bleakness and is like, yeah, yeah, no, I want you to leave the movie feeling bad. Right. Is specifically, mm-hmm. there's no plot reason they couldn't have left it that, yeah, but that guy when the helicopter's company, like, you could have so easily done any reason in three days someone will come or there is a faucet in the room he's in and we see him drinking water so someone will probably come eventually Uh, and it's like no the only person who is going to come is gone he starves to death fuck you (laughs) credits (laughs) it's it's neither of those things though it's not saying one or the other it's just saying this is what happened he he could be safe it's schrodinger's caleb it's but at the same time i'm kind of like i actually kind of disagree with you on that i kind of don't think that that's too bleak i think that that's appropriate life could be that Uh, it could be appropriate and very bleak i'm just saying it bummed me out it's reveals nothing yeah yeah i it's very funny to me that the very thing that is like but is like Caleb okay you know like is like kind of the question that got us into this mess like but the important part is that if the you'll human notice element I, a- sa- is saved, right? I asked is Ava okay before 
is Caleb okay? No, I'm not saying <laughs> you're okay. I am a computer, and I'm not. But I I, and I'm not going to kill you. Don't worry. Right you're pro machine. He's pro robot. I'm just the robots that Peggy Hill made in a later season of King of the Hill. I just no. I think I think I think it's 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 necessary for what he was trying to say. Like the like the whole thing is. Oh, the robot can't pull punches. I'm just saying it was sad. It made me sad. It's very upsetting. It is a a bummer, (laughs) and it's you can't you can't really look at Ava like a hero. She's a but Terminator essentially. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. She's essentially the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I, all of his, with the exception of Dread, all of his movies are yeah. like this. This tone, yeah. Mm-hmm. And her trying Where to choke like, him with him just silently grappling, like you would if it wasn't a person, but a machine malfunctioning mm-hmm. was so disturbing. I love also something visceral about the weapons in this film, not just the knife, but like his instant instantly as soon as he knows that shit's gone crazy uh nathan like, instantly I'm just gonna just bash their head takes in. a dumbbell yeah. throws throws off all of the weights just like i have a big piece of steel and i'm going to use it to pummel their that's faces how you in. fix your computer just <laughs> automatic yeah automatic he knows where it's gone and i love that kind of thing that's something he's been doing since sunshine which he also wrote sunshine which is like he does not write stupid characters he writes characters who are Fat, faster or just exactly. as fast you can as the assume audience, where they're like I'm immediately you can assume oh, I gotta all three of right them <laughs> have interpolated some of what the other ones are up to and in fact they have like they are all yeah. trying to think ahead in a believable way it's it's dope mm-hmm. all right we're out of time yeah. especially yeah, when Abe right. starts uh, quoting me in that tone of voice <laughs> we gotta go <laughs> <It's> <laughs> when Abe starts okay. talking about sunshine that's how we know it's over <laughs> um no, I love this conversation. I could talk about it all Garland all the gets time. the juices flowing. Tombo, mm-hmm. uh, let's yeah. continue to share each other's people. Where can everyone stay in tune with what you're up to? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, you can, Dave Bell and I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed, where we do uh, exclusive podcasts. We have uh, uh, Friday movie nights. Uh, we do a lot of things. You can check that out. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Start the Machine. Um, I'm giving away my probot uh, 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 prevalences right now. But in now. your case, that stands for prolapse robot. You really don't want it. It's correct. It's pretty yeah, gross. Yeah, like, you really... <laughs> I'm just a gigantic <laughs> robot. Yeah. Huge gaping yeah. asshole. Um, and you can find our, our free podcasts on, on iTunes or wherever you go for podcasts at uh, story mode. That's G-U true. Story but mode. you're going to want to pay. Cause uh, one thing I'll give your network over ours is the, you definitely work a lot harder f- for the people who the, are paying you. We just blast our content oh, out willy well. nilly. You got the Batman series. You got. We do. Fox it's like going, I just want people to know if they are a casual to semi-casual, gamefully unemployed fan. You might not realize it's like an in and out secret menu. There's more podcasts than you even think there are. Yeah, we do a lot. Yeah, we do like I think six shows a week. We do <laughs> two, two to three. Shows are insane. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. All right. You. Love a, love a Tom. Yeah, love, Thank you for being here, time. man. Thank you for 
Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for improving <laughs> this conversation as you do all. Uh, um, I try. I try. Yeah, man. Uh, anyone got any last words before I push this button that says no, end of the push, world? Push the button, just, uh, Alex Garland's <laughs> dope as fuck and you should watch the, all of his shit. Gonna press the button. Gonna press the button. I'll press it. Press the button. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Bye. This has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!